TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Friday morning, everybody, and welcome back to Chair Shot Radio. My name is PC Tunney, and surprise, surprise, once again, it is not just me. We have the three-man weave crew together for you. Um, Aesop Mitchell and his brother Tom have been uh, in our in our regular time slot. Hope you all have been enjoying Down the Wire. Uh, that could change come after WrestleMania, but for now, we've been hitting you with some sports on Friday morning, so good morning to everybody. First things first, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick yourself up a chair shot t-shirt. It makes a great gift as well. And then head on over to TheChairShot.com. Sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. Always use your head. And of course, you know the other two people that are involved in the weave that is known as Three Man Weave. We have Ray Cash and Mr. Christopher Platt. Gentlemen, how we doing? How we doing this Friday morning? You know, it wasn't until just now that I realized the cultural significance of the word weave on the show with two black men. Well, number one, greetings and salutations. I'm glad you went there because I was going there too. finish up your thought because I got one as well. Just saying, you know, it's 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 mighty convenient, if you will, as as Mr. Rose would say, if you will, just just point out what you say, Platt, I'm not saying I'm just saying. Yes, sir. Definitely. <laughs> By the way, shout out to Aesop Mitchell and his brother. Their show is phenomenal. Aesop's a really sharp guy. You guys should, you and gal should check that out. But it just dawned on me. So Aesop Mitchell has a brother named Thomas, right? Aesop Mitchell also has a daughter, right? So that means Aesop Mitchell's brother... <laughs> pregnant pause. That's called a pregnant pause in the industry, folks. Brother uh, is an Uncle Tom. <laughs> well, I just want to point out two things. Oh, One, Ray, you were hoping that it would be. Fr- you were said you were ready for Friday. Well, surprise, it's Friday morning. And, hey. And two, Platt, I thought we didn't want to talk about uncomfortable things today, but you know, you just go ahead and keep on doing your thing over there. That wasn't uncomfortable. That was just... You know, <laughs> no. okay, that was, yeah. uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's definitely some uncomfortable shit that is happening in the world right now that I don't know how to even talk about. Yeah, we're going to skip that. We're going we're gonna to talk about some NCAA basketball and then maybe get into some NBA moves that could be possibly happening with the trade deadline. That actually happened yesterday. So... You all will know more than we will. Let's see how smart we are by the end of this podcast, how good we're going to sound on Friday. So, first things first, I think we can talk right away about the NCAA tournament. Gentlemen, how are your brackets? How do we? How bad do we look after the predictions we made last week, huh? Tell me, how are you guys feeling right now? Shout out to the Big Ten that made me look like a complete and utter fucking asshole after I said they were going to wreck shop in this tourney. I think we're down to Michigan. Is that all that they have left at this That's point? That's it. That's it. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I, I want to go, go, go ahead, Ray. I just, I just want to backdoor a shout out to the Conference of Champions in the Pac-12. 
Nine and one. And you roll your eyes all you want. Look how many we got in the in the, in the dance, baby. Nine and Let's one. When's the last time you guys won a national championship? The conference. When's the last time y'all won one? When's the last time the conference Ooh. of champions won a national championship? <laughs> who do you who do you pull for? I, my team's out. <laughs> my team didn't make the dance, so I can't say nothing. Still, <laughs> not neither did mine, but uh, they they did win, I believe, in 2014. Shout out to the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, th- that being said. Well, here's the thing. Illinois got screwed. And I, 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 Illinois. And I hate to say the word fair because I'm one of my favorite sayings is that when people say, well, that's not fair. Well, fair is where they judge the pigs and have the pie eating contest. But, or you can shoot the fair one. Or you, or you can shoot the fair one. Yes. I eat throwing them hands. You know, we got weed, we got Uncle Tom's, and now we shooting fair ones out here. So. Let me get my malt liquor real quick, and we can keep going with the show. <laughs> I got my big feet warming up. Well, yeah, we just fuck it. Well, let's just do it. But Loyola, I totally butchered that word, and I'm sober. It's Friday morning. Loyola Chicago is not an eight seat. They're just not. And the selection committee does this shit every single year. They take these quality no they take these good mid-major teams and they either put them in that 8-9 game or they'll put them as an an 11th or a 12th seed and I get why they do it it's good ratings it's like oh Cinderella strikes again no this is one of the best 30 teams in the country and they deserve to be better than that so and I I get it again it's good ratings it's good television and and the entire world is or the entire country rather is in love with Sister Jean shout out to Sister Jean by the way but I feel as if after the great season that they had, Illinois just deserved better. And they were put in a fucked up situation. And with all due respect to Loyola, because they won that game. It wasn't no fluke shit. Like, they led that game wire to wire. But just goes to show you, this is one of the best 30 teams in the country, and they deserve to be better than an AFC. But the, the chairman or the selection committee does that shit to create these things that we have right now. And, I mean, it's good TV. I'm not in the TV business, so I understand why they do it. I just feel as if the Illini deserved better. And and you're right. But if this was another year, I'd be more inclined to agree with you because so many 8s and 9s and 7s and 12s and 11s won this year. So this is I, I, the very first thing I told you before the last episode we did uh, when we started talking about this was my initial thought was this was going to be super chaotic because of the pandemic. We there was a whole game won because of forfeit. Like this is the most chaotic tournament we've had in a long time for so many reasons. So a eight being a one, even if it even if it's Loyola, makes sense. And yeah, the seating's off all the time. I don't like the fact that you can win your conference championship and be put in the playing game. That's asinine to me. Nonetheless, the seating has never made sense to me, but you kinda gotta roll with the punches because some teams get great some teams get a red carpet to the Final Four. Some teams got to run through the gauntlet. If Illinois was as good as they thought they were, they'd have, they'd have, they'd have balled up. Shout out to word to Patrick O'Dowd. Ball up, bro. Y'all good enough. You know? I mean, think about how many other great teams. Luca Garza are on the floor crying because Iowa couldn't beat whoever they could. Actually, Oregon Luca, State, the 12. Luca Garza was crying after that game because he listened to our show before the game and realized how right I was afterwards, that the best is is behind him now, right? The NBA okay. ain't going to be friendly to Luca Garza. 
Listen, man, I'm not saying is he going to be a perennial all-star or a game changer? No. Is he going to have a, a solid 10 to 15 year NBA career and maybe make an all-star game or three? Yeah, I, that's let me, possible. Let me give you a point. I just saw a video on Twitter on Bleacher Report that some kids tried to uh, challenge one-on-one Brian Scalabrini and he bodied them. Brian Scalabrini played 12 years. Luca Garza is twice the player Brian Scalabrini is. Luca Garza will play in the league for a long time. That video comes out, I feel like, every two or three years. It, it, every, it, it might be different videos, but it feel like it comes out. We see that every couple Scal- of years. Scalabrini, Mark Madsen, Tyler Hansborough. People be checking them. These boys can hoop. Saying. I'm, yeah, he's yeah, going to be in the league for a good 10 to 15 years, man. Yeah. Come on now. And well, be a decent player. In three, four years, you guys will have forgotten how wrong you are right now. Let's talk about the actual back to the tournament here, the teams that are left. You mentioned the number of low seeds going through here. We have five teams that are eight or lower seed advancing to the Sweet 16. That is a record. In addition, you also have a six and a seven seed. So it's not like the big things are happening here. Let's, let's run it down game by game here, the Sweet 16, guys. Gonzaga taking on Creighton. They both look pretty solid here. I know Creighton got away with a close one against UCSB right away, but they took care of Ohio. Gonzaga still the favorite to you guys? Yep. Yeah, never wavered from that, no. And they're also, I think they're also the most home team of all the teams left. Very good head coach as well. Uh, so we'll see what happens All the same head coach. Indeed. They would get the winner of the USC and Oregon matchup. So the Pac-12 ends up with these two teams facing each other in the Sweet 16. Someone from the Pac-12 will be through to the Elite Eight. What, what do you guys think here? Oregon got the bye because of COVID, took care of a very good Iowa team and, and, and handled them pretty well, and USC blew the doors off of Kansas. That's the thing. Southern Cal is balling like DeMar DeRozan is back. Like, they are really pl- – and they were 12, weren't they? I think it and eleven. I'm trying to look it up. They now, were, but, but eleven. They, they were double digits. I Who's know that. that. Who's that? USC. They're, they're a six. Oregon State's the twelve that advanced. Damn, I oh, got it mixed up. Same. Okay. I beg your pardon. Yeah. And well, you know, when you wear orange, when you wear golden, red, it's a lot of them teams like that. Anyway, um, Oregon was like, ah, we're we gonna show you what we're about. We're gonna knock out. We're gonna knock out a number two, and then. <laughs> Your boys, USC was like, no, nah, go watch what we do to Kansas. Like I told you every year, Kansas, just a bit. Um, Oregon's probably the better team, but USC's playing better right now. I I, would, I think USC is the favorite going into this game. I think that bye really did Oregon a huge favor because they're not deep at all. They're, they're starting five, and that's all they got going for them. Eventually, I think that does have to catch up with them, but at the same point in time, they're college kids. We used to run around all day when we were that age I think it catches up with them perhaps in the elite eight but here I'm gonna go with the ducks quack quack let's slide on down to the bracket that the winner of the west will be facing in the final four and that's the east bracket Michigan your lone big 10 team left it's just kudos to the good job that Jawan Howard does coaching a basketball team they're running into a very good Florida State team this is probably one of the more interesting matchups of the Sweet 16, I'd still have to go with Michigan. What do you boys think about Florida State pulling out an upset? Yeah, I agree. I, I said that 
I agree with Ray that it was going to be chaotic in the tournament early on, but towards the end, when we got down to the nitty-gritty, it was going to get super chalky. Obviously, it's not going to get as chalky as I anticipated, but I still think that Michigan has what it takes to take what they got. Shout out to Florida State, but yeah, I'm going to go with the maize and blue on this one. You know, it's funny because I think we all expected Michigan to, well, not all of us, but I know Platt was real high on them, and all of us were, but they have a really flukish tendency to possibly play down to a certain team other than, other than most other number ones. So I, I imagined that they would be the ones to slip up earlier than the rest of the Big Ten teams, and it's the exact opposite. They, they... Literally. Literally. So, so, I mean, I'm not going to stop them now, right? They, they're not losing to Florida State. ACC, I just I don't have a lot of trust in ACC no more. So, I, you know, let's go with, let's go with Michigan. Well, the winner... And quiet is kept, with the exception of Michigan, or excuse me, with Virginia, who lost their first round matchup this year. The ACC has been low-key trash like the past three to five years. Other than that. I'm trying to be kind. Michigan and Florida they, State. The they winner, make a lot of money. The winner of that game will take on either UCLA or Alabama. I've, I've said it since the beginning. Alabama is very underrated. I know they're a two-seed, but I, I think that's a team that could win it all. I don't see UCLA keeping up with them. See, this is where I messed up. I got USC and UCLA confused. I'm thinking UCLA when you were talking about Oregon. I still think Oregon's going to beat them. But, yeah, that's where I said they were in 11 seed because I was thinking UCLA. By the way, shout out to Team Westwood. And not Lee, not Tim Westwood over in the U.K., but, you know, Westwood yeah, won UCLA. He's a dick rider, isn't he? He is. I hate yeah. UCLA. He very much so is. But, but he is the guy over there. I he hate is. UCLA but I appreciate the fact that they, they're they fighting as hard as they're fighting for the good of the conference. Because right now, y'all don't respect us, okay? Y'all don't got, y'all put some respect on our name. Respect. Well, it, maybe if your games could start before 10 Eastern, look, we, we could see how good look, y'all were, you know? That's a, you going to sleep early is a choice, okay? It's a choice. <laughs> but yeah, Bama, it, we, are, we are destined to get this probably the best... Um, game in the Elite Eight, Bama, Michigan. That's going to be classic. No doubt. That's that's who I got in that game right here. So let's swing back on up to the south region of this bracket. Baylor and Villanova will be facing off with a chance to play Arkansas Oral Roberts. Let's start with Baylor. They've looked like a true number one seed. They handled Hartford easily like they should uh, after a quick start by wisconsin they handled the rest of that game the last probably 35 minutes or so do you see do you see villanova any chance to beat in baylor here a very athletic team nope they're gonna run them out the gym i you know i said it before the tourney started the two best teams i saw a year were gonzaga and baylor baylor's gonna run them out the gym they're just way too athletic for anything nova got going on seconded all right, well, let's move on to one of the more interesting matchups, Arkansas and the Oral Roberts now. It's just Ohio State, and then it's the Oral Roberts, apparently. That's what I've heard. No. No one, no one thought they could beat Ohio State. Probably everybody thought a good Florida team was going to take care of business. Is Arkansas the next in line to get knocked off by Oral Roberts? Is Arkansas going to get Oral? <laughs> Low job, Bob. <laughs> I think... This is our George Mason of the year. Them boys are playing solid. And I don't count Loyola because 
flat laid it out very, very specifically for you. Loyola could have been a four. So, like, that, that ain't no eight seed. Or Roberts deserve the seed that they got. And they are playing fantastically. And I don't, I, I, I'm, I remember that George Mason game against that UConn team with Rudy Gay. And everybody was like, no, nah, they're going to blow him out. And they went in there and punched him in the mouth. Or Roberts might, they're going to do that in this game. And your boys, your boys in Waco might have some problems, bro. Hey, Waco, it stands for we ain't coming out. But uh, <laughs> it literally does. I've been there. You know what? I'm going to go oral here as well. I don't know much about Arkansas. I'm just riding with the Cinderella. This might be another scenario where they were better than their record indicated. I don't know. Shout out to Oral. They're, they're going to rock with it. I don't see them giving Baylor much of a test, but I, I think they got what it takes to uh, take out the Razorbacks here. So Razorbacks getting Oral. Shout out to them. Good for them. I, I'll agree with you that Loyola could have been seated higher here, but Oral Roberts, they're – biggest game they played against anybody in a major conference all year was against Oklahoma and they lost by 14 so there's really no way that you can lose by that much to an eight seed and then have problems in your own conference like that just a quick note for everybody the days on the tournament are different this year right like so last weekend it was Friday through Sunday just so everybody knows the upcoming Sweet 16 and Elite 8 rounds will be held Saturday Sunday Monday and Tuesday so if you were looking to waste some time at work on Thursday and Friday to finish out this week You'll be wasting that time to start next week. So just plan accordingly. All right. I got Arkansas winning this game and probably beating Baylor. Let's slide on down to Patrick O'Dowd's portion of the bracket, known as the the Weeping Willow portion of the bracket. And them Loyola Chicago boys, they look impressive, like you said. They'll be taking on the 12-seed Oregon State. Ray, talk to me about this because Houston has the best possible road to get to the final four here. They play an 11 seed and then either an eight or a 12. Well, they're not, it's not an eight, but yes, literally, but not, but yes, UH should slide on to South side on for those of you who know music down here to, to the final four. However, sister Jean, there's like a crazy stat of like, if Cincinnati had the game, they don't lose, right? So, and and on top of that, besides all of the the extraneous things, they're a good ball club. Um, so yeah, U of H definitely gets out of the Sweet 16, and I think everybody's expecting it's going to be U H versus Loyola. Um, but man, I just feel like for so long the Cougs have fought really hard to get recognition as a top level franchise, and. Y'all don't talk. We don't talk enough about Kelvin Sampson may be one of the top five coaches in college basketball. Kelvin Sampson should be coaching pro basketball. He's that good. He got run out of Oklahoma for some bullshit, and you know what happened? Just, uh, your boy over in Iona did that four times, right? But hey, he got he got run out of Indiana on some bullshit too. Well, this, uh, that's kind of if you're good, you get run out, right? <laughs> Other than, unless you're Coach K or Roy Williams, that's about it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think UH slides on by. But that I, the last UH game they just had against I can't remember the team, and it got it went down to the to the end of the game, made right. me worry about them playing Loyola. That game pissed me off because I had Rutgers in the I had Rutgers in the Elite Eight, and they had that game won. They were up by ten with about what five six minutes left. I don't really feel like Houston won that game. I think Rutgers lost that game. I think their spinters got so tight. They could have sucked a brick out of wall. 
Well, Taz says it best. You know, beat me if you can, survive if I let you. They survive. They I'm, literally I'm, survive. Survive in advance. That's the name of the game. I'm not mad at them, but, but I, I think this is all Loyola. I think this is their bracket to lose. I, I think they're that damn good. They're that well coached. That dude, he's probably going to get that Indiana job. Let's keep it a buck. It's his if he wants it at this point if in time. If he wants it, that's the key because Loyola Chicago yeah. is it, it's a mid-major, but it is like the class of mid-majors now. That's 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 actually becoming a marquee job and marquee school now. So, Well, any which way you put it, March has officially checked in with some phenomenal games. Looking for even more, even more drama and suspense this coming weekend. Like I said, don't forget, folks, Saturday through Tuesday is when you're going to get your Sweet 16 and Elite 8 action. Last thoughts on the tournament before we move on, fellas? It's been fun. It has. I, I didn't know. I, I I didn't even know that they were going to have a limited number of audience members in the crowd, and that ambiance makes all the difference in the world. It really does. And yeah, it's been fun. Is this the greatest tournament of all time? But no. But and, you know, you know, considering the extenuating circumstances that we find ourselves in, these boys came to play, and I've been sports entertained. If you allow me to put my my high hat on, my my bougie hat on for just a second. The way that the women, the female athletes are treated, not only all over, but especially in the NCAA, I think is egregious. Luckily, if you you guys don't know, the men got the red carpet rolled out for them. They had a top-notch um, practice facility and workout facility with every type of workout equipment and weights. And the girls got one set of dumbbells for 6014. And I understand the argument that the men bring in the money, the women don't. I'm with that. I get that. I, 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 I understand that. But NCAA legally is not run by finances. It's run by Title IX. So if you're not going to fucking respect the women, the man, stop playing the game with us then. Don't even fucking show the... Don't even have a tournament then. It is egregious, and I'm sick of women being disrespected because they just ain't got the same parts we got. Because if you watch the women's tournament, it's probably better basketball than the fucking men's tournament. Keeping it a buck. But I, I'm all for equality and being fair. Like, be, I'm just keep, I'm just, watch the shit, bro. It's good basketball. But I'm, just all for, I'm all for fairness and equality, dog. And, like, you can't keep kicking people fucking down. That's the whole reason why so much has changed over the past 10 years. People are tired of being marginalized. Let these women have opportunities that they have earned and deserved. I'm not saying you need to treat them like they're the pros, but do something better for them. And I think it's egregious that they had to literally call them out on fucking social media for them to get more than one set of dumbbells and food that looks better than the Firefest. Like, let's do better. Let's do better. So that's my takeaway, because I'm enjoying what I'm watching on the tournament. It's great basketball, but that's in the back of my mind now, because this will forever be the, 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 this will forever be the, the season that it almost got ruined by COVID again, and that they showed the world how they really feel about the women. Let's do better. It, it's funny you bring up the fire fest because when I saw the pictures, that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, oh shit, this is some fire fest shit. Where did I mean, rule that? There, shit, he would have did better than that. You know that. But I mean, yeah, it's it's ridiculous, man. You look at the spread that they put out, and then you look at the uh, the weight facilities. It was literally a set of dumbbells and a box of tampons somewhere in a broom closet, and it's like sixty four teams, dog. Even 
whatever, man. You know, you feel how you feel, but just the optics of that, especially considering where we're at right now in this country, in this society. Yo, like, what were you thinking? Yeah, man, it bothers me. I'm glad you guys brought it up again because it deserves as much attention as it can get. I, I talked about it at length on Monday morning's Cheer Shot Radio, so everybody knows my feelings about it already. Shout out to Sedona Prince and the way she went about it and got things taken done for her girls. She goes to Oregon, so uh, kudos to her. And shout out to everybody in the area that stepped up and delivered this the, the things that they needed but the NCAA didn't yeah. because that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they got that done within the matter of a day. If you're not exactly sure what we're talking about, find Sedona Prince on whatever social media. I think Twitter will probably be the easiest. She shows you the video of what they were given, and then she shows you all the space. Because the initial response from the NCAA was, it's not about money, it's about space. Well, as she pans away from their tiny little set of dumbbells, there is just open space throughout the entire area. So kudos to her. Um, hopefully this is something that makes it so that something like this doesn't happen on that level ever again. So I'm, I'm glad you guys brought that up. Very good conversation. Go look up Title IX if you don't know what we're talking about. Title IX is the most important document in sports history. And that, doesn't, even... that doesn't include black people not being, being allowed to play basketball, but you know what I'm saying, or sports, but yes. And this isn't even that hard. You know what I mean? This isn't even that hard. And I know you'll, you'll, the argument they'll say, and I, I agree with Ray's Title IX argument, but don't sleep on the revenue that the women bring in, in with their tournament either, though. That's a big deal as well. So you can't even use that argument. That is a fly in that milk that ain't clean. So that, that yeah, that don't make dog sense. It's, I just can't believe where we're at right now in this society that nobody had a second thought nobody said well, hey maybe we shouldn't do this this is just not a bad look even if they even if you feel a certain way like fuck you if you feel a certain way but even if you don't or even if you do rather like you can't optically that made sense to you you didn't think that was going to become an issue like seriously nobody thought that went through and i, I want i know we got to move on to the next one in on this where are you mark emirate we're waiting on you mark emirate Paging Mark Emirate. All right, everybody. He'll get there when they craft his speech for him. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in this morning to Chair Shot Radio. We'll be right back after this. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, folks, we are well aware that as we record and as we are being listened to are two completely different times. Not a big deal because what you can do is see how smart we are as we approach the NBA trade deadline. That happened yesterday, and I'm hoping a whole bunch of moves went through. I'm hoping some buyouts are happening right now, and we're going to see some players moving around. The latest big name is Platt is Aaron Gordon in Orlando, looking like he doesn't want to be there anymore. Uh, Nick Lowry is another name that could be moved along. Oh, a buyout oh. for Andre Drummond. Yeah, I always say that. I always call him Nick Lowry. I've done that so many times. Uh, Kyle Lowry, my apologies. Uh, Andre Drummond. And then um, I'm also hearing LaMarcus Aldridge. Although he isn't the player he used to be, he could be valuable to a Heat or someone else like that. 
what are we thinking, boys? We're 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 getting past the we're past the halfway point, and we're we're starting to get into the home stretch here. As a few teams have made moves already, but what are you seeing uh, in the next couple days here? Well, the, Drummond's going to Brooklyn. I just want to throw that out there. Go ahead, Ray. I don't think I think Drummond's probably going to go to L.A. You think so? Yeah, either L.A. team. Because um, Brooklyn just I just don't. Would it make sense? From, Brooklyn's uh, Brooklyn's good. Blake Griffin finally dunked the other day. Right. <laughs> Man, uh, so the two that I the two that I'm hearing for sure are gonna be LA is gonna get bought out if he's not traded and go to Phoenix, and that's not a homer pick. That's a, that's the thing that's really out there. The Heat is the other team, but I've heard of Phoenix a lot because Phoenix has more cap room than the Heat do. Um, and Oladipo has gone. It's almost it's almost guaranteed that Oladipo Depot is out of Houston. But those are the two I think that are. Depot can be a, a game changer if he stays healthy and you put him in the right position. Him, is to, he, him is to the he, Lakers would be so, interesting. Him to the Lakers would be they they really need him now with the, with Bron Hurd and AD not coming back for however long. But Depot the reason Depot was so valuable to Houston was not only because of his um because of his contract situation, but while Depot may not be Damian Lillard or Steph Curry or Jimmy Butler in terms of talent, Depot has been the leader of a good franchise for years. He was Indiana's star. And you, you, I, you, I understand, I'm not saying talent-wise, but he was that guy. So I think he, he, has, he has talent. He has a lot of those qualities. It's almost Eric Bledsoe-ish that he has a lot of the qualities that make a top guy, but maybe doesn't have the, the game. So he can be very valuable wherever he's traded. So, and Houston's looking for anything at this point. He's a guy that, if he's your third guy, if he's the third best player on your team, you're a title contender, point blank, period, because of what he brings to the table. He's probably got second guy talent, but there's a ceiling to him. We've seen him be the first guy. Obviously, there's a ceiling. But, yeah, if he's your third guy, you're in really good shape. I can't remember, though. There's a guy that I've been hearing about that might go down to Miami. It's a big name. I just can't remember who it is. Uh, oh, by the way, Eric Gordon, shut the fuck up. But who is the guy? LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, my goodness. LaMarcus Aldridge is rumored to be bought out of his contract and then go to Miami. That's that's kind of what the rumor I've heard there. I feel like it was somebody else. I just can't remember. Forgive me. But, yeah, talk, talk it's a big yourselves. name. It's a big name? It's a big name that's no longer a big contributor. Eric it, Gordon. Maybe it was. Maybe it was L.A. I, maybe it was. Let me see if I could. It's they the, even talked. It's the Marcus Aldridge is who you're talking about. So they even talked about possibly sending LA back to to uh, Portland. That's hilarious. That'll never yeah. happen because he got the fuck out of there because he wasn't rocking with with uh, with uh, Dame Dollar as the star down there. But I think the the cool the important thing to note is, uh, and I know we'll get to that. A lot of teams need help because there's a lot of injuries that have happened over the past few weeks. So, like, teams that might not have thought they needed help could use it. No, I totally agree with that. And, I mean, shit, we about to get into the home stretch here now. As soon as the NCAA tournament is over, it's go time, right? Well, the crazy thing is, is that the regular season is going to go through the middle of May, which is really interesting because then you got guys who are going to go deep into the playoffs to turn around and have to go over for the all- for the, for the Olympics, right? Kawhi Leonard's a guy who's come out already and said, I want to, no matter what happens, I want to play. Like, there's literally, I think, 
three or four days for them if they play in game seven of the NBA Finals to get to where they need. I believe we're in Japan, right? We're in Tokyo this year. Tokyo, yes, sir. So it's interesting. Have, have they gone ahead and said for sure we're still going to have it? From what I've heard, yes. So Lowry. That's who I heard. I've heard Kyle Lowry, and I've also heard Trevor Ariza, which, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Ariza gets traded three, four times a year. Yeah, <laughs> but I've heard Kyle Lowry, which. I think he's been traded 12 or 13 times in his career. Would, would, which, would Kyle Lowry to Milwaukee, would you like that? Because y'all could use another point guard. I think the Bucks already made their move with Tucker. Tucker. What Tucker did they PJ Tucker. PJ. They got PJ. Oh, they get, they all did get PJ, right? Which is good. That's a layer of toughness. Somebody that could that's going to smack somebody in the mouth come playoff time and can hit an open three. Facts. So, yeah, okay. That's a good move. I like that. But I'm biased. I've always liked PJ Tucker because I got a chance to know him a little bit and I just liked him as a person. So, I'm a little biased on that. So, shout out to PJ Tucker. Well, in two games, he hasn't made a shot yet. So, hopefully, he'll check in at some point. Oh, he ain't he ain't there to make shots, bro. <laughs> He is not there to make shots. <laughs> no, he's there to take shots if you smell if, him cooking. If you're if you're Philly, don't you think you should want to go get Andre Drummond just as extra backup? Philly needs Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, that's the place he should be going is Philadelphia needs a point guard. And that's what you've been hearing. The problem is is what what are you gonna how much are you gonna give up for these guys, right? Kyle Lowry's not gonna be for nothing, I don't believe. These other guys we're talking about, Drummond and Aldridge, likely aren't gonna get traded for. They're just gonna get bought out of their contracts. See, I kind of like Lowry to the Heat because he's not a clutch guy. It just is what it is. We've got years and years of data on that. But if you can give him 17, 18 a night and then have Jimmy Butler come in on the Kira Sedgwick side of the game, I'm dating myself right there, but come in and close the, the game. Closer, the closer? Yeah, the closer. <laughs> Which, shout out to Jimmy Butler. I know last week I said Jokic was the MVP, but Jimmy Butler is making a pretty strong case, depending, seeing as how where that Heat team was without him and now where they're at with him I, I don't I'm, like no go ahead I was going to say I don't like Lowry to the Heat because they're guard heavy they need bigs but they're guard heavy I mean Kendrick Nunn is, doesn't get enough play but he starts every game but they're guard heavy um, Kyle Lowry's going to help any team he goes to but I, I, I think there are better I think there are better teams that could use him more consistently and can also, pay for him better. I'm, you also got to remember. No, no. You also, my, go ahead, Sonny, but just real quick, man. You also have to remember as well. He doesn't necessarily always play well with others, so fit is going to be a big thing with him as well. So as things continue to happen, as the time we're recording is Tuesday afternoon, I know this is going up Friday. This is mainly just a nice uh, addition to our Sweet 16 preview that we just had, gentlemen. Let's have one last NBA conversation. And beads out. Now LeBron's out, and they're both out for a little bit of extended period of time. Let's let's have the let's have the MVP conversation here. Who's back in it? Who who are you looking? Because honestly, I know a team that's won nine out of ten. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> no, I know this guy's been putting up super. I mean, it's like okay, you guys obviously I'm a homer on this, right? But Ray, you're laughing, and Chris, you're smiling, and you're both. I think I both reading you both correctly, like. This motherfucker may just sneak on in and get his third MVP in a row here. I mean, if the Bucks end up with the one seed and he average and his and his is everything is just as good as everybody else's. We already talked about before the show how great of a defensive player he is. You're not wrong. 
you're not wrong, but I'm gonna give you the guy who who's probably gonna get it if it's not Embiid or Braun. You gonna hate me for this, especially you, Tony, because you don't want to tell me I was crazy for thinking this. James Harden is gonna be the MVP. I, I no, I, we had a different conversation about James Harden, and it's not, it, it's you. My point is Kevin Durant is the most valuable player to that team. Not the okay. fact that not the fact that right now James Harden is very much in the MVP race. Like he's the most valuable he could possibly be the most valuable player in the league, but in order for the Nets to win a championship, Kevin Durant is the most important part of that team. Period. So, number 1, this is what the problem is with the Greek freak. The voters are going to have voter fatigue with him. And they're going to blame it on the fact that he hasn't led that team to a title yet, which isn't fair because it's a team game. And he's been it hurts, though. monster it hurts, numbers. Though. It hurts, though. I mean, okay, in, in perception, yeah, because perception is reality. So, And they're going to have fatigue. 27 points, 11.2 rebounds, 8.6 assists. That's what Nikola Jokic is putting up right now in Denver. Yo, let's go. Them Shaq numbers. Them a, Wilt Chamberlain numbers. Here's the problem with Joe. In this era, in this era, if you ain't doing a triple double, which he's damn near doing, keep it a buck. You gotta be in the top three of your conference. And the, the Nuggets are five right now. We got time. They got, we time. got time. Come on. If they Utah get there, look. No, I don't believe it. They are Utah no. reminds me so much of Atlanta in what was it, twenty twelve? Oh, when they were the was? top seed and got swept by the Cavs in the uh, exact in the in the conference finals. Utah is really good. The problem with Utah is Kyle Lowry. I'm not Kyle Lowry. The guy, the uh, Western Kyle Lowry, Mike Mike uh, Conley. They're the same guy. Uh, they they depend too much on him, and he's streaky as hell. And can Donovan Mitchell be the best player in a championship level uh, seven game series? Not him. No. And not him and Jamal Murray going back and forth in the first round. In the conference and NBA finals. And I don't think he can. He's too small. With all due respect to him, I love Spider. He's too small. But I mean, and I just want to give Jokic his props because the one thing, the one criticism I always had about him was that he was too unselfish on the offensive end. He's well, similar he's had to, to be. Well, he's yeah. similar to LeBron in that cast because his best attribute other than his IQ is his passing ability. So even though sometimes it was the right play to make the pass, sometimes you just got to go down and say, yo, I'm the best player on this floor and I'm going to go get my team a bucket. And I, I'm but seeing that aggressiveness with him this season. So He's he's had to be because the Monstars came and stole Jamal Murray's basketball ability for the, <laughs> for the new LeBron movie coming out because he can't do nothing this year. <laughs> and so he's had to he's had to he's literally Speaking of that, the Nuggets should be calling everybody what you want. You could have Michael Porter Jr. right now. What do you want? Yeah, I whiffed on that one too, didn't I? Boy, because they need something. If they, if if Jamal Murray was just bubble Jamal Murray, they'd be the number one seed in basketball right now. Do you want to know why Jokic isn't going to win the MVP? Because his team is not even playing 600 basketball right now. That's what I just told. That's what I just said. I agree with Not you happening. completely. Yeah, if they're to fight, if they're to get, if they don't even host a home playoff series, there's no way in hell he's the MVP. Because right now they're the five seed. Completely agree. 
Okay, but who's been a better player on the floor than him this year? Giannis, 29 points, 12 rebounds, six and a half assists, and blocks and steals combined two and a half a game. But Giannis got more help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the truth, man. You could not like it all you want to, man, but that doesn't make it untrue. I'm, and I'm not saying Giannis ain't – I'm just – hold on real quick, Black. I'm not saying Giannis yeah, yeah, yeah. ain't great. I'm not saying Giannis ain't dominant. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, Giannis will take the last shot of the game. You got a whole bunch of people on that squad that can that that put in work. It's literally Nikola Jokic and Mike Malone square up sometimes with them boys because they got nobody, nobody. And I'm not I'm not being exaggerative at this point. They have nobody. Dude, they got ball ball. Is... Get out of here. Don't even start with me. You right? <laughs> my bad. You right? War to the Igbo tribe. You right? Shout out to the Bulls, by the way. Last thoughts All on last, any, bowl, any last kitchen, any last thoughts dinner. here, folks, as we head down the stretch of the NBA season. I'm interested to see where this goes. I think that at this point in time, people are resting up and trying to get prepared for the postseason because I don't know how much of a factor home court is going to be this year if you know whether or not they're going to have fans and whatnot so I think right now everybody's trying to get it together and it's going to be interesting to see what happens I think we might see some weird seating and see somebody I don't want to say come out of nowhere but I don't think that the regular season matters as much to certain teams as it does to other teams i.e. Utah (laughs) (laughs) I just want to remind everybody that this year it ain't one through eight. Seven, eight, nine, and ten play in for them last two spots. Ah, so the Cavs have a chance. Different year. The Cavs have a chance. Right now in the East. They don't. Uh, right, well, right, they don't. Yeah, but I was being nice. Yeah. Right now in the East, they New York don't. is seven, Boston's eight, Chicago's nine, Indy's ten. Karis LeVert is back, by the way. That's important. In the West, San Antonio is seven, Dallas is eight, Golden State is nine, Memphis is ten. All four of them teams in the West and three of them teams in the East, because I don't believe in New York long term. I'm sorry, not this year. Can can potentially, potentially play Oklahoma City and take a team to seven. So like, it is going to be maybe the most fun playoffs we've ever had. Only thing's going to stop the Lakers is health. It's working right now. Yeah, touche. Last NBA note here, they are changing the way the draft lottery is going to go. They used to do three separate lotteries for the first three picks. They're only going to do it for the first two picks now. So they are only lottering off picks one and two. So you can only really drop two spots. In addition, you can only win the draft lottery two times over a five-year span. So those are the new rules starting in 2022. Thanks a lot, Cleveland, for fucking shit up for the rest of everybody else again. Uh, Stead, what's the what's the owner's name? Ted uh, Steepen. You're the one that's from there. No, that's not that's not them. It's uh um it's uh uh, no, uh, it's the uh Dan. No, it's it's no it's no, Dan no, no. Gilbert. I'm ta- no, no, no. I'm talking about back in the day when they said you couldn't trade. Oh, oh, the Stepien uh, rule. Yeah. Yeah, Stepien. Ted Stepien. No, thank you. But that's not that's not why they changed that. They changed it because the Cavs won three out of four. Yeah, and didn't do shit with them. Again, fucking shit up for everybody else. They hit on one of them, and he ain't there no more. Folks, we got one so more. Anthony, so Anthony Bennett didn't do nothing for you? Well, he took a picture with and autographed a shirt for my nephew. So Yeah, this I conversation's over. Folks, we'll be right back with one more thing. 
Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I'm just saying, he got my nephew on the front page of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, so shout out to Anthony Bennett. That's the paper in Cleveland. So he did that. I always have love for Anthony Bennett because that's the first guy who actually got shitty because he has sleep apnea. People think that that shit ain't real. But I'm, uh, you watch him in UNLV and then watch him in the league, sleep apnea is a real fucking illness, illness bro. Shout out to Anthony Bennett. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Cool J with the triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, big, huge, heavyweight matchup in the UFC this weekend, UFC 260. But before we talk a little bit about Stipe Miocic defending that heavyweight title against Francis Ngannou, it's official from this past weekend, Khabib is retired. How do I say goodbye? To what we had before. Something, something. I don't know the rest of the word, but yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I knew oh. <laughs> I thought we'd stay to see Together. Forever. gone away. It's so hard to goodbye yesterday. Well, for the three people still listening, most of which have cats, are just like howling with the, the cats are howling and the dogs, right? Everything. There you go. Yeah, take your bow. Take your bow. That was that was good, Joe. Very good. I think. Let's just ask this question quick on this topic because there's not really much to discuss. He's done fighting right now. He's got a great camp. He's got a lot of great workers in his camp right now coming out and and fighting, and his brother's in there as well. Do we see him fight again, yes or no? I think he's done, and you know why I think he's done? Because eventually he's going to have to face Covington, and I don't think he wants that smoke. Go back to when they were training together. Covington was out here smacking fire out of Khabib. When all, no, all due respect to Khabib. I don't think he want that smoke. And I saw Usman. I think he was talking to Halani. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Ariel. And he said, he was talking about Cody Covington. He said, yeah, everybody wants to whoop his ass. But the problem is nobody thinks they can. Or they're not sure if they can. Which is why Covington can't get a fight. I'm, I'm going to agree with you that he's not going to fight again. But it ain't got nothing to do with that. He promises mama. And that co- ar- that culture, that. They, that culture, they do not go back on promises. Can't argue that. Did either of you see the Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland fight from this past weekend? Oh, my God. I would imagine that Kevin Holland, if he could just shut the fuck up and fight instead of putting on a show, uh, he might have won that fight. Because Derek Brunson just... It, and don't tell me that the fight changed on the slip in the first round. Holland was more interested in being out there in the octagon in front of Khabib than actually listening to his corner and trying to put in his game plan against Brunson. 
you're right, but also throughout all of the bravado and the bullshit, you 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 saw that one man had a game plan, another man didn't. Derek Brunson's one of the best wrestlers in that division, and and Kevin Holland has no takedown defense, zero. So anytime now he had great jujitsu on his back because the boy wasn't doing nothing. Down there a lot, I would imagine. Exactly. <laughs> he wasn't doing nothing to him on the ground. But there was at one point where Holland had more strikes on the ground on his back than Brunson had on, on in mount. But yes, if homeboy and I, I feel differently than you because everybody is motivated differently. And if that's what motivates him, then do that. Problem is, you gotta at some point wanna win, dog. You can't be in there just to have fun. At some point, you got to want to win, and there's a stark... Dana White said it perfectly. He thinks he had a mental breakdown because there's a stark difference between the talking he did in the first five when he went straight in a row because he had a killer instinct. And this one, he was just chilling, hanging out. When you put more effort into dapping up your opponent after every time he does something good or after every round than you do in your takedown defense, I think there's a problem yeah. with that. Yep. Well, it's like Tyson said, everybody got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Now, I personally didn't see this fight this weekend, gentlemen. I apologize. My weekend was consumed with the WrestleManias and <laughs> NCAA basketball. That's literally all I watched. I barely watched the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think I made it maybe 20 minutes in. Go back and watch that. Yeah, it's excellent. Time. Excellent first episode. It's um, actually, the, the, it's actually the, the biggest premiere in Disney Plus history. Nice. Let's move on to this coming weekend. Gigantic heavyweight fight. Ray, go ahead. What do you think? I mean, does Nganu have a chance here against Miocic, who's looked excellent for, for quite a bit here? So, this feels it feels weird when we say this, but I think facts speak for facts. Stipe Miocic is the GOAT of heavyweight division all time. He is the most successful heavyweight fighter of all time. And it feels weird. I know it does. But go look at the facts. So there is a level of gravitas he carries when he comes. And if you remember the last fight, Stipe handled him pretty easily. I don't think it's going to happen again this Saturday. I am calling the upset. Francis Ngannou, there is not a human being in the... Now that Anthony Rubble Johnson has retired, there is not a human being in the UFC that hits harder than Francis Ngannou. Stipe got a chin. Stipe, Stipe has a chin out this world. Stipe has a motor out of this world. He's built for these fights. So I feel like Ngannou got something for him. I think Ngannou's going to try to take him down, going to do some ground and pound, going to try to mount, going to try to switch up the game plan because everybody expects Ngannou to want to stand up and throw and throw haymakers for five rounds. But, like, he's smarter than that, and he's prepared for this. And if you can get Stipe, if you can get Stipe on, like, running away from you on his back on, on the run... That's your best chance of winning this fight. And I think we have a new UFC heavyweight champion at the end of the night. You made a compelling argument. I'm not even going to lie to you. It's just hard for me to go against Stipe. Because I, I disagree. I think that his best chance is to try to, to bring it full circle here on Chairshot Radio. I think Uganu's best chance is to have a fair one with Stipe and try to keep everybody on their feet and try to land one of them African soup bones in his jaw because yeah <laughs> you can knock him down he might have a jaw but yeah, he, he got some of that goddamn it for you but it's just hard for me to see anybody in that division right now beating Stipe I just know this 
in any in any fighting sport, it's hard to get beat twice. Touche. I think the UFC would, and Dana White privately, would, given the truth serum, would tell you they would obviously love Ngannou to win this fight. It would set up for a third fight between them, which would be epic. But I personally don't see it happening. Yeah, Ray. One more thing. I'm sorry. The other reason I think Ngannou's going to win is because Dana's had shitty luck this year. Because think of the things that's supposed to happen that didn't happen. Like Izzy should have beat Black Blackowitch, but he got his ass beat. Because that would have meant Izzy versus Jones. What's the other fight Jones wants? Stipe? If Stipe loses, it's another fight taken away from John Jones. Take away from Dana. Then Habib, to tell his man he retired for months, and finally he's sitting next. He's sitting next to Dana White at the fight. Dana has to tell him he has to say he retired. He's streaming the pay per view on his Instagram, sitting next to Dana. Dana's had a really bad luck this year. I think it so, number two things real quick, and then we can wrap it up, Sonny. I, I agree with you, but the reason he's oh shut up, Sonny. But the reason he's had such bad luck this year is it's his karma for how he's dealt with this whole pandemic thing, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few weeks when we come to the UFC card in the middle of April, which is going to be full out. capacity. That's called a teaser in the business, folks. We'll get to that. Number two, that's how I think this goes on on the professional wrestling side of the game. Stipe pulls it out, and then all of a sudden. Good job! That's John Jones music! <laughs> and now we, we roll it. We roll it. <laughs> oh, Plaid, you are definitely watching one too many WrestleManias. Speaking of WrestleManias, please go ahead this afternoon and listen to Mania Madness Part 4. We're going over WrestleManias 19 through 24, and in my opinion, probably the most solid six-pack when you break them down that way. Uh, make sure you're checking that out. Thank you, everybody, for listening to ChairShot Radio on the ChairShot Radio Network. My name is PC Tunney. Do me a favor and head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick yourself up a ChairShot t-shirt. You won't regret it. I guarantee it. Mr. Platt, tell everybody where they can find you. I'm on Twitter at the Real C Platt, and I'm all over the ChairShot. Make sure you guys and gals check out Mania Madness. We're really proud of that work. Obviously, Pod is War. And... Who knows where else I'm going to pop up? You never know. Just fox with the chair shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. Mr. Cash? Oh. Um, I am at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y's and Mysterio. C-A-S-H as in dollars. Your boys try to take a little bit of a, of a break over before WrestleMania, but my hood rat friends won't let me. Uh, but I, I, keep, I keep dropping these teasers. We here at the chair shop. Understand, you know how it's when it's when it's cold outside, and and you know you're stuck in the house, and then the sun come out and you start feeling good about yourself. You go get that Brazilian, you go get your hair done, go get your nails done, both of them, and you go buy that sundress or them gauchos. You from the hood, you know about them gauchos. Chair shot, getting our Brazilian wax. We're getting our gauchos out, and we stepping out. Without red bottoms, because after WrestleMania, got some fun stuff in, in, in store for you. So keep a lookout for that. I'm I'm just gonna leave that teaser, just like my brother Mr. Platt gave his. Listen to the WrestleMania shit though; they are working overtime for y'all. It's fantastic. We appreciate that. Y'all gonna feel real stupid after uh, tomorrow night 
when Stipe is doing his post-fight interview with <laughs> Joe Rogan and John Jones comes out of nowhere and hits him in the back with the steel chair and then they just go off the air. <laughs> I'm with it. For Ray Cash and Christopher Platt, my name is PC Tunney. Three-Man Weave is what's happening right now. This has been your Chair Shot Radio for the week, and as far as I'm concerned, it's another win. DJ And they stay there, and they say yeah, and they stay there. Cause all I do is win, win, win. And if you going in, put your hands yeah. in the air, make Listen. them stay there. Luda. Ludacris going in on the verse, cause I've never been defeated and I won't stop now. Keep your hands up, get them in the sky for the homies that ain't making them my post lock down. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.